Exactly. Exactly. Hey, there he is. What's up, Chuck? Not much, Stan. <laughs> That's what I say <laughs> to my kids all the time. What's up, Chuck? <laughs> uh, what's up, buddy? Go trick-or-treating tonight? No, you know, I was out and I, I forgot today was Halloween, to be honest. Wow. Because all the parties were last night and the night before. Yeah. So... Oh. I got a scary background here. Look at that scary. Crown. Yeah, I see that one. It's good. Yeah. Um, it's impossible to avoid Halloween in this house. Yeah. No, my daughter's gotten to the point where, you know, the costumes turn into like nightclub outfits and uh, <laughs> you know, everybody's like a senior in high school or a freshman at U of M at these parties. So, yeah, she's yeah, that's a little fully moved on. Well, no, what it is, I told her mom about this. I'm like, you know, these poor kids, they were basically the seniors. You know, they basically were been locked up for like the last quarter of freshman year, all of sophomore year. And I can't remember when senior year, when they, I mean, junior year, like last year, when they all started. It was the beginning of the year or a little bit in. And so then last year they, you know, realized, oh, wow, we didn't learn as much <laughs> in online. Right. And then they're trying to play catch up. And then now socially, they're all just ready to, uh, you know, go nuts yeah so yeah. you know you got to let them do what they're going to do yeah um, just kind of try to limit the uh choice selection uh menu for them a little bit there you go but yeah so you know i'm just preparing for all of that um you better get ready too because you know these miami kids like to start it's so fucking just doing stuff young basically yeah 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 Hold on. all right uh James said, don't get egg, Joe. Get some candy. <laughs> you know, this, remember when we were kids, it was called like Devil Night or something like that, where you'd go out, you know, pranking everybody. Yeah. And once you got to a certain age, uh, you know, it's just the old stuff. Remember as kids, you know, the, the flaming bags of dog poo on the front yeah. porch. So people stamp it out. Yeah. Toilet papering houses, you know. Exactly. You know, all that kind of donuts in the front yard. And I don't mean eating them. No. You know, yeah, yeah. That Car kind donut. of stuff. They, yeah. Nowadays, you'd probably go to jail for half of that shit. Right? Yeah. You'd, it's kind of risky. It's kind of risky. Uh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's take a look at the market. Yeah, sir. Okay. Oh, I thought, you know, look, big Friday, of course. So yep. equities, you know, minor sideways stuff going on earlier. You know, Ethan BTC gave a little bit back. Um, got a big week of macro coming. You know, I think we have some Fed news this week. And there was a whole bunch of inflation data in other countries that, that went out. I mean, just a lot of data over the weekend. Yeah. So, you know, I think we're going to, um, you know, kind of continue this trend that I sort of tweeted about from Morgan Stanley, which is, you know, sort of feeling like S&P is going to go up to about 4150 from where it is now. Uh, before starting to feel the effects of, say, a, 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 if there is a U.S. Um, slowdown, let's say. Right. Uh, or if it's a soft landing. But that's like mid-23. So it looks like the sequence is Europe first. And whatever's going to happen there, it looks like, you know, everything I see is recession. Um, and then how long does it take for all that to cascade into the U.S. market? Which right. sounds to me to be about six months. Um, but that doesn't mean it's all going to tank or anything that just means that you know they're they're saying just like you know sean talks about that little run up i think to 25 ish for btc and then 
down. Yeah. So with this, they're saying S&P run up to 4150 and then movement down in, in some way, shape or form. So not bad news. Um, yeah. You know, the curious thing is going to be how the market reacts to whatever this Fed hike is, which I thought was I think is this week. And since it's so close to the election, I'm like, I'm curious as to what they're actually going to do. I mean, everybody's saying 75 bips. Um, but, you know, do you really? I mean, I guess if that's what 86% of the market expects, then you go ahead and pull the trigger because you're not political. <clears throat> but, you know, it would be interesting if they went in it, anything off of 75, I guess is what I'm saying. Right, right. Um, but I don't see anything in the market. To me, I'm just seeing tremendous amounts of cash flowing from Europe and Asia into U.S. dollar investments right now. And that's got to be what's holding the stock market up as well as it is. So you see a rage like that on Friday where I think it was up 835 points or something like that. Um, you know, where's that money coming from? Right. It ain't coming out of like the private equity guys and stuff because that money's kind of getting sucked out in the U.S. So yeah. there's not a lot of extra cash, um, I think, sitting around those areas. It has to be cash moving. And so, you know, again, Fed rates are higher. So, you know, when they do this hike this week, you know, that's going to accelerate that trend. Yeah, Because, true. again, yield, think about yield chasing. You know, when you're sitting there with $10 billion, $5 billion, and you're looking at 3 versus 1%, um, 3% versus 1%, that's a huge difference. Absolutely. So, you know, I don't know. I, I Again, I'm looking at it from where I'm sitting. You know, I know my European pals are going to, take it harder and China's taking it harder. Um, but you know, that's just the way it is, I guess. Yeah. Totally agree. Joe, Sean says, have a relationship with your kids dealers. Make sure they're only getting the good stuff. <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, you I'll tell you what, all these kids are vaping and stuff like that. And you know, to me, I'm more of an organic guy. I kind of like the, the real stuff. Um, because I don't trust manufacturing process, but, you know, you, you've got to like watch that because there's like bootleg, uh, you know, stizzies. Not, I was looking at shizzy. I think it's stizzy. There's like a uh, contained vape thing. And, and then there's bootleg carts that people just make in their friggin' basement or something. Right. So, you know, you got to make sure that, you know, what I tell all these seniors is that don't do the vaping. You know, that's where the problems can occur. That's where the fentanyl sneaks in and all that kind of stuff. Yep. You know, stay on the green bud. I know it's stinky and everything and you're going to get caught more, <laughs> but it's the healthier move. So I agree, Sean. Joe, Joe with the dealer advice. Uh, <laughs> Shizzy says, I think it will be 50 bips, but they come out and talk tough at 230, which drops the market. Oh, so the after comments. Yeah, yeah. that's what everybody looks at these days. You're right, Shizzy. It's like, what is the kind of, you know, because the Fed's trying to give some like, tell everybody what they're going to do next but they're not supposed to really tell everybody what they're going to do next. So they, yep. they sort of just say what they're looking at and you know, what they're worried about or what they're, they, where they feel it might go. And if they come out harsh like that, then that means there's a, another giant hike coming. Yeah. Um, if they come out and say, Hey man, this is, everything's looking okay. You know, we're going to watch this and kind of sit on like, you know, whatever it is, 50 or 75. And then wait and see what happens because you see the stuff tailing off. I mean, we saw all that real estate market data over the weekend. Um, you know, I mean, that's, there's like a, you know, I, I think there's like a 10 to 15% correction there coming. Yep. Um, just right, you know, in the next year or two, which is, you know, considering I think it was up 18% last year, 
you're still up. Yeah. Um, but people are going to feel it. And if there's adjustables in place or, um, you know, you've got HELOCs running you up toward the, the limit, you know, you need to think about that now. You know, how to get, get that margin, give yourself some margin of error there so you don't get hammered too hard. But, yeah, no, I mean, 50 would be, if they did 50, I think the market would, market would like blow 2, up. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And then the next one, they'd come in with 100. Yeah. Sean says yeah. decent chance we're actually topping here. On the BTC? I would assume that's what he means. Yeah. Hey, this is that real estate piece you and I were talking about this weekend. Um, essentially, uh, and this is U.S., so excuse the U.S.-centric thing, guys, but uh, for us, it's a big driver. Um, says um, this, this is a guy that's a real estate consulting firm and YouTube channel, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, uh, calling it a double housing crash where there's a simultaneous collapse in buyer and renter demand, basically saying that um, renters are consolidating and moving in families together, kids of parents, whatever, uh, causing a drop in demand, um, which will cause, uh, have massive repercussions for real estate investors because they have climbing interest rates, especially if they had variable whatever rates. And um, if people can't start making their payments on the real estate that they sold them, uh, the rentals, um, then could be a problem. So anyway, uh, saying the simple reality is that Americans can't afford to rent or buy, uh, resulting in household consolidations, people move in with friends and family, uh, results in a broader decline in the market, um, and investors are now facing higher interest rates, declining prices, and declining rents. Uh, from every angle, the profitability of real estate investments is getting attacked right now. Result is and will be a mass liquidation from real estate uh, investors in America who now own anywhere from 20 to 30 million single-family homes, depending on the source. Um, I think some of the larger companies, BlackRock, et cetera, don't care. Half the time they keep their the ones they bought vacant uh, for a longer-term uh, play. But there are a lot of smaller investors. Now, the other way to look at this is, um, you know, a big housing crash is, especially in places like here, Miami, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, um, can turn into a big opportunity um, for people who have cash uh, at the bottom. Like, so Miami, 29% uh, of the real estate uh, is in the hands of investors, 30% in Phoenix, 33% in Atlanta, 32% in Jacksonville, and 30% in North Carolina, uh, Char Charlotte, North Carolina. So the, he's saying basically those are the areas that uh, will probably have the highest risk of a, ma a, ma a much bigger collapse um in the market anyway yeah i know like here brad a lot of people that um you know own houses and then they also own rental properties stay in other parts of the city um that you know like hialeah and the beach and um you know just wherever you do multifamily housing right and you know during the pandemic everybody stopped paying the rent yeah and you know they didn't get any support no nothing that, no compensation no help yeah. yeah exactly so they ate it for 18 yeah. months and they yeah. couldn't throw people out they couldn't do anything well i think most of those people have been bounced or getting bounced soon who took all of that um you know i'm not saying there's anything wrong with taking it don't get me wrong if you're a renter i would have done the same thing but for the landlords they took that big goose egg so they're not as cash rich and then they got that pop last year on the 18 percent move but that was that wasn't really in the much in the affordable housing area. That was more in the higher ends of the market. Right. And now that's going to go down. 
and you know they're going to have less tenants so rents are going to go down exactly um, also you look around like merrick park area i was driving around there uh yes well, actually this morning and you know there's like seven new buildings up around merrick park that you know anything from say you have miami to merrick park that are all rentals yep. you know high-rise rentals i mean there's about like another it looks like about two to three thousand to me that have just come online so you have all this capacity coming online too where people just started building like crazy exactly condos to rentals uh last year because they saw that's where the demand was and so i think the question is these big investors these private equity investors that own all of this you know how dependent are they at this point um on you know can they take that 15 percent hit yep is my kind of what i'm wondering as well as these you know smaller ones that you mentioned and i mentioned yeah sean said real estate's the best indicator of a black swan in my opinion leading indicator yeah, this um, isn't a situation though, like last time where it was all bundling up, you know, bullshit, you know, uh, shitty subprime paper and calling it A. Exactly. Uh, and then every, and dumping it on whoever's next. This is really something more fundamental to me. This yeah. is about that um, people who can't purchase at this point, also, particularly in this town, can't afford rent. And it's got to be one or the other. So, you know, either more capacity has to come online. And, you know, we're kind of limited here because we've got kind of barriers. We have the water ocean on one side. We've got the Everglades on the other. So yep. you really have a narrow strip in South Florida that, you know, can't keep going west and obviously no. can't go east. All we so, have is up. Yeah. So you got to come in and like infill or brownfield develop or do those types of things. And a lot of that's been going on in downtown. Um, but it needs to be cheaper. It can't just be for the vacation buyer you know, for yeah. their seventh home. It has to be for someone who's, you know, grinding it out, uh, you know, whatever the average salaries are. I think, what's the average in the U.S., like 60? Yeah, probably. I mean, that's three times what I made when I took my first year out of, first job out of college. This guy says if only 5% of investors were to sell, that would dump 1.3 million homes onto the market, and that would double the for sale inventory overnight. Yeah, I... I mean, that would have to be, I mean, collapse. there's nothing moving. So I don't know if people are just going to massively go out and list when there's no sales going on. Right. Um, you know, I think you're. Well, I think what happens too is look, the big firms like BlackRock that are just buying inventory and fucking sitting on it, they're going to buy more. Right. Yeah. They'll, they'll take it up in the bottom. I, I didn't mean that the way that sounds. They will buy up at the bottom when the market and prices collapse. Uh, and sit on more property, which will squeeze the market um, and cause more demand, but less availability. Uh, Sean says, property is a large part of market collapse, but yeah. when value declines, we should see forced selling in markets. Yeah, like I said, I, 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 it seems like, you know, the next year could be a good opportunity for real estate investors that have cash that aren't already well, in here. Also for families. Look, yeah. save your cash if you can save your money as best you can get the second gig whatever start mining um you know one of these uh get in some of these platforms and start trying to pile up some cash because yep. i have a feeling there's going to be a lot of opportunity yeah and you know the mortgage broker deals are still out there you know you can still stretch and push and do different things um so i because i've been you know advising people about this for a couple of you know a year or so is that this push last year was purely driven by stimulus and low interest rates 
um, and people migrating to Florida and Sunbelt and things like that because of pandemic, it's going to normalize. Yeah. And tons of capacity coming online. You know, not everybody's making a ton of money. Um, stuff's going to hit the market. And, you know, just like in 2008, there's probably going to be some foreclosures and some short sales and things like yeah. that. So, you know, start boning up on that. Do your internet research. You know, yep. how do you pull those things off? Where do you find them? Stuff like that. And, and just, you know, whether you're in Des Moines, uh, Boise, Seattle or Miami, Portland, Maine, you know, there's going to be opportunities. That's so right. this be a chance when you can really turn your fortunes around if you can or, or, you know, kind of set a stronger foundation for the future of you, your kids and everybody, if you can pull that off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, will be totally aligned to helping you do it. You're just going to have to have some cash. Right. Asset management firm Stone Ridge has launched a Bitcoin focused accelerator program. Uh, I think this is really awesome, actually. Um, I had started doing some more reading last week about the Tarot Protocol, and there's some really interesting shit happening there. But they're also going to focus on Bitcoin centric lightning network. Um, they're going to do four cohorts per, cohorts per year, each consisting of eight to 12 teams or about 30 to 50 founders per year uh, to New York City for eight weeks uh, uh, at a time to focus on building Bitcoin-centric Lightning Network and Terra Protocol applications. Um, so I love seeing this. I love that they'll um, uh, that there's this opportunity. Each team gets 250 grand. Uh, one winner of the cohort will get 500 grand. So a total of $750,000. So good place to start if they have uh, relationships with other investors. You know, anything that kind of seeds adoption and growth of uh, applica applications on Bitcoin, I'm happy to see. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, oh, I think you sent this over to me. <laughs> So I, just because you're a big, you know, you track Craig Wright. So, well, but. Craig Wright and Calvin Air, they're both total dicks. Calvin's been paying for everything for Craig. Uh, I love this. He tweets, nice piece, Dave. It's been proven. It was in response to an article uh, about Craig Wright not being Satoshi. He says, nice piece, Dave. It's been proven that Satoshi is Dr. Wright. CraigWright.net to read all his work. And then uh, this new Twitter thing, this is not. People are trying to give Musk credit for this, but it's not. Um, it's they kind of take culminate all of the reader comments and replies to these messages. It says readers added context they thought people might want to know. Craig Wright has never proven he's Satoshi, and no court has yet found his evidence credible or reliable. I freaking love that shit. <laughs> I like that, you know, because I, you know, what's been annoying me lately is in all these news aggregators, all this fact checking and stuff over here. You know, there's yeah. like 18 articles that say, you know. Um, pick your person is the devil. And then, yes. you know, oh no, you know, three Pinocchio noses or something. You know, it's like, who the frig cares? If it's a lie, don't like, then try to explain to everybody why it's not. Yeah, this exactly. Really pretty cool though, because this gives you, the reader can look at both things and say, well, what makes more sense to me? Well, exactly. everybody's saying the bottom and this guy's saying the top. You know, it's what? like, it's not hard to figure out. Yeah, what makes the most sense to me is that 14 years ago today, Craig Wright did not post the Bitcoin white paper. That's that's what makes the most sense to me. So yeah. Anyway, 14. It's a Bitcoin white paper day. 14 year old paper today. Uh, that uh, you know fundamentally uh, changed the opportunity for finance and governance in, on the planet. And so, uh, yeah, it's definitely something to celebrate that um, 
you know, that this has evolved and, and created a wave of innovation, financial applications, technology, um, and changes to how people think about money, but also helping people realizing um, what, uh, how their money is actually, what, how their money actually gets its value and how it works. So um, I think it's, uh, it's been a, a definite positive for the world that uh, the real Satoshi uh, released the white paper 14 years ago today. Shizzy, I think, has a pending comment. Going back to what Joe was saying, I'm not sure what he means. Maybe he's going to make another comment. We'll see. Uh, let's see. That's the real estate. Um, oh, this was really interesting. I'm, I'm going to post this up. Uh, this the Hans Solar 21 uh, did this analysis of stable farm yields. Um, and the best place to park $100,000 uh, via using DeFi Llamas data. Um, and came out with some really cool um, opportunities. And he goes through a few tweets about how he narrowed it down and how he uh, got to the, you know, the base of what he came up to. Basically, what he said was that um, this one, GMX's GLP on Arbitrum paying 16.2% is probably the best with the ETH GMX pair also yielding 23%, uh, but the single, uh, just doing the stable got you that. Um, Trader Joe paying 16% with AVAX um, on, on Polygon, Matic USDC pair on Kyber Network at 35%. Um, Frickton Labs on Solana offers 27% on Sol and... Uh, Fract HQ at 17%. Don't know what that is. Uh, and he said, BSC, Polkadot, and Phantom don't seem worth to be worth going into search for good yields. Um, but this is obvious. Same for the other lesser chains. Uh, after sifting through the data, he decided he would stick with GMX uh, GLP offering between 15 and 20%. So anyway, I'll post this thread into the notes because I think it was a, a really interesting way that he went through and analyzed the data and how he got to the conclusions that he did. Yeah, but how um, is he missing all of the, you know, I mean, he, his high thing was what, 16.2%? Yep. That? I mean, I see stuff out there that's higher than that. Um, you know, go look at Spirit Swap. Yeah, go I think, at, well, one of that, so that's pr probably what would eliminate Spirit Swap is the size of the deposit, $100,000, right? Oh, I see. So, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's how he, that's how he basically narrowed it pretty significantly was that the, that 100 grand makes it difficult to put it into lower TBL. Good point. Offerings. Uh, you sent this one over. Decentralized Uber built on whoops, built on Solana with USDC payments and driver payouts. They raised nine million dollars for this. That's impressive. Yeah, I think I sent that over on Friday because I don't really remember it very well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just thought you know, look, another Uber competitor, basically. Yeah, yeah. The know, right look, we all know the Uber model. Trip. You know what they were saying when they were in the VCs ten years ago? They're like this is awesome because we're going to have all these people using their cars to make us money. And in the end, we're going to hire robots. <laughs> I can fire all the drivers. Exactly. You know, that's what they said all the time. Absolutely. And so now it's like, well, fuck that. Yeah. You know, let's do an Uber where the drivers get theirs and they can't get cut out. I mean, yeah. if Uber was going to give the drivers, I, well, you know, shares in the company and some kind of profit sharing and things like that, then I wouldn't think it was so egregious, but you know, they screwed them. Yeah. So, or they are screwing them. So now it's like, let's try to get behind something that like helps the drivers out. Yeah. Because I just wish like it wasn't on Solana. Spectacular. 
Yeah. Um, this is cool, though. They've designed it as a protocol so that other people can build apps on top of it. So their first app is Teleport, which is kind of an Uber competitor. But um, theoretically, people could do all kinds of niche things on a platform like this. You could do delivery services, all the stuff that Uber does now, or DoorDash and everything else. You could do food and grocery delivery. You could do um, driver, you know, Carpools, vehicle transport rentals. Like for, with parents for your kids? I, and stuff? I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. So essentially, maybe you, you have can, a network of you and your like, you know, five other, uh, you know, house dads or whatever, or it's the moms, and they see yep. everybody's cars. And then when all of a sudden you can't make it to pick your kid up at lacrosse, you could immediately look and see where your five trusted pals are, and yeah. you could send one of those in. You know, that's well, a, that's a. And cool you think thing. about it as a protocol. I'm sure the cut they do allow pay uh, riders to pay with a credit card, by the way, or USDC. Um, and drivers don't have to use crypto. They can connect their bank account. Um, but essentially, this could be a dramatic cost competition to Uber because Uber is trying to make as much as possible for themselves. But if a lot of this, um, if a lot of this uh, gets cut out in terms of the cut that the protocol takes, then you've got a really powerful option here if they can make this thing work. That's powerful. Yeah, it's always tough going up a super entrenched you know, market competitor, but, you know, I think when they start really rolling toward robots or, or um, autonomous cars, that there's going to be such friggin' PR maelstrom going on at that point, that companies like this will be able to really step up and say, look, business is supposed to be about multiple stakeholders, not just the shareholders, yeah, but the community, the employees, everybody. And this platform allows all the stakeholders to ensure they're exactly. getting theirs. Exactly. Um, it's so kind of communistic. I, <laughs> not really. But but my point is that- Money you know, for you the people. What, well, you want to- I'm a man of the people. I told you this. Only because I want everybody to, to work hard and, and invest and maybe gamble a little and do things like that to make more money. Yep. You know, so everybody's got to start with something. I mean- Eamon says- Eamon says we started with nothing. So that's right. Eamon says we should do an Uber for boat transport, sailing or motor yacht. That'd be cool. Miami could use that. Definitely. Yeah. And and Niblet says, yes, motor yacht Uber for part-time bond villains. (laughs) Always a good time. (laughs) I love this though. I really do. I wish they were on a different chain, but you know, more power. Yeah. Well, maybe, Um, you know, I bet if you go hang out at that Solana shop down in Wynwood, you could probably, they're probably all hanging out down there. There you go. Uh, you sent this over. AI-generated arc sparks furious backlash from Jap- Japan's anime community. Dali might be the hot new thing, but outside Silicon Valley, sphere and outrage are ramping up. I got to tell you, I did a couple of anime-styled things on uh, Diffusion B uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it comes out really nice when you choose anime style. I mean, they do a really... For some reason, because anime is so similar, the AI really gets that and really does a brilliant job with it. So... I can see how that could be threatening, um, you know. Well, because look, it's it's all like, you know, it's a lot of like those examples in the article. I mean, we know it's color too, but it's all like, you know, think almost like a pen drawing in a way. Yeah. So yeah. the lines are precise. Yeah. You know, in real world, obviously it's, you know, everything's blending together, more impressionistic looking to an AI engine, let's say. But, you know, hard lines are probably much easier for them to interpret or, you know, create because there's only yeah. so many yeah yeah um 
Yeah, here's an but example. I put this up because of the Doki Doki stuff. Yeah, you a know, Japanese but... artist was obliged to tweet a screenshot showing layers of her illustration software to counter accusations that she was secretly using AI. So I could definitely see how that could be a problem, right? It's like you're trying to say, hey, I did this original work and people accuse you of using AI. Um, thankfully, you know, with Illustrator, you can show all the layers that you wrote and, draw and drew and AI right now doesn't give you layered art, but that probably will change as well, right? So yeah. it's going to be tougher and tougher and tougher for real artists to prove um, that they created the artwork. It, it may have to go back to like, artists doing the work on paper or canvas um, and then scanning it in um, in order to prove that they, you know, actually created the art. It's interesting. Very interesting. Well, it's another kind of front, you know, it sort of came out with the artists we'll include anime artists in those that, you know, most of the work they would get before say NFTs came along or particularly Doki Doki, it was commissions. Yeah. So that's, you know, some Yahoo calling and saying, Hey, I want a picture of this. I'll give you 50 bucks. They right. tell you what to draw. So what right. artist wants someone to tell you what to draw? It's like yeah, portrait. exactly. Yeah. You know, portrait artist. Yeah, right. Sort of. Um, if you're not creating art, to me, you're not doing art. And so this seems to kind of extend that argument to the next level. Because remember the NFTs, it was all about, oh, you know, the artists don't like it. And then every artist I saw liked it because, you know, they could basically disintermediate that market and go direct to the consumers. Yeah. So. Then it went into the environmental FUD around uh, NFTs and, of course, got dragged into that whole thing. And so now it's the AI thing yep. around anime. So it's interesting to me that it, it's that, you know, I think what we all want is artists being able to create. Yeah. And to me, I see this as kind of more of a threat, the AI, than, say, you know, the environmental FUD and stuff around NFTs. Yeah. But I find it interesting because it's got an interesting pushback you know, from the artists too, that yeah. you know, we don't see in the other ones. Absolutely. I don't know. What do you think? No, look, I think there's a real threat here of doing damage here uh, to the, to artists and the artist community. I, it, it's a concerning, it, it, it's a concerning thing. Um, you know, when somebody like me with no artistic talent, except for doodling um, can, you know, tell a computer to create an image for me that has these attributes, um, you know, it's, would I just do that instead of hiring somebody to do it for me? Probably. Probably. Um, because it's the easy. Exactly. Choice. Exactly. Um, but, you know, it's a different, you know, anime, I mean, a lot of the Gen Zers are into it and a lot of millennials. I've just watched some of the shows because I find them intriguing, but I think it really resonates with, you know, the under 20s you know, particularly yeah. teenagers, because, you know, as they're trying to figure out, wait, what the fuck have I been born into? And where am I? And what am I going to do? And what is my purpose? And, you know, all of those things, you know, dealing with all the, you know, tough issues, you know, trying yep. to figure things out. I think anime speaks to them a lot because I think a lot of kids feel trapped. Yeah. Um, and I think this gives them an outlet and it shows them ways. I mean, there's always a good like hero villain story in these things. Um, there's, you know, it can go dark, it can go, you know, whatever. And they got a lot of advanced themes in there too. Yeah. Um, but these Gen Zers have all grown up with all of it. It's not this, I mean, I find myself a lot just because I didn't have my daughter till I was, um, you know, 40 plus was that, um, you know, it's almost like there's two generations in between us versus yeah. one. 
And so I try to be real careful about what I say and do just because I realize they're looking at it from a whole different perspective than I am. Right. And, you know, they see all these problems and opportunities that I can't even see. So to me, I just always do like the mental coaching. You know, I, I, I keep them confident and I keep them to where they know to make the next move. Keep trying, keep going. Yeah. You know, you're going to discover it. Um, it's not as bad as you may think um, because we don't really know what they're, you know, and then throw pandemic quarantining on top of all of that, you know, and, you know, these kids are looking to express themselves, but, you know, we don't really know what they're going through. Yeah. I just you know? created this typing in scary clown, comma, comma, anime style in diffusion beat while you were talking. Wow. Yeah. What is that on the chin? I can't quite tell. Just make up like a chin belly button indention indent, you know, like if you ever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, on back on the boats thing. Uh, Eamon said, yeah, we deliver your evil lair on demand. And Niblet said, ha, evil lair is a service. Brilliant. So is that that's uh, E-L-A-A-S. Elas. Elas. We're starting a new uh, we're starting a new category in tech. Elas. Evil lair. Yeah. Who doesn't want to as a lair? service? There you go. There you go. I mean, it doesn't Absolutely. have to be necessarily evil, I guess, but it could be a, your yeah. lair, otherwise known as the man cave, I guess. Yeah. Right. Dogecoin up 80% because Elon Musk bought Twitter. I mean, you know. I know. I all, just sent that to you because, you know, we usually rage on that. They're all and hoping. I was like, it hit 10. I think I got the number 10 again or something. Yeah. I'm just I'm mad a, I don't have more. That's all. I just don't. I don't know. I just don't really. I don't know what people think he's going to do with it, but you know, yeah. why wouldn't he just do a new one? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. General Motors suspended their ads on Twitter because Musk can't keep his fucking mouth shut. So you know. yeah, there's a lot of this going on too, which I find intriguing. Now I'm kind of torn on this because, you know, at the same time as I rail on social media constantly in these algorithm loops, I mean, just like we just talked about Gen Zers, how they've grown up in a different world, you know, of, than we did completely. <laughs> um, I wonder if this is my dislike of social me media is that same thing that, you know, when I grew up, you didn't deliberately say stuff to piss people off. Yeah. You know, you, but I get it. That's what you do in Twitter. Not you, but that's what you need to do on yeah. Twitter because um, that's how you get more engagement. Exactly. Um, by triggering people. Yep. That's not my style, but, Maybe ever maybe I'm overly sensitive to it. Maybe these kids are so used to it already and are under thirties or so used to it that it's normal to them. And they don't take <laughs> it. They don't maybe they don't nah, it bothers them. It bothers okay. them. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. They, it definitely bothers them. Uh definitely bothers them. Uh Eamon says if we called it man cave as a service, we might get investigated for suspected prostitution though. There you go. Oh, yeah. Who are oh. these hostesses? The ones in the French maid costumes? Oh, yeah. No, they're yeah, our, yeah. Um, customer service people. Niblet said, what's your cat to buying uh, uh, Canto? What token do you start with and where do you exchange? How many steps to ultimately hold Canto? So uh, today, uh, you still have to go through the bridge that's connected to Canto. If you go to Canto.io and you go to the docs, there's a step-by-step -step, uh, bridging process. But it's essentially a Cosmos bridge. Uh, and I did, I think I did either ETH. I think I did ETH or USDC. I can't remember which, but both will work. ETH, USDC, you bridge it over. Uh, you have to do a two-step bridge there where you have to like 
bridge it and then accept it. And then it's in your wallet. It really wasn't that difficult for me, but um, do follow those steps there. Um, there is, there are gate IO and a couple of others where you can buy it directly and um, uh, uh, send it onto your wallet. Um, no, those won't cross bridge it, but I have right. some news change is has Canto integrated. They haven't opened it up yet, but uh, soon on their web app and the mobile app, you'll be able to cross chain exchange immediately. So <clears throat> any of 29 blockchains, you can um, take USDC from your existing wallet or ETH or any other coin and convert it and exchange it directly over to Canto. And then you'll be ready to stake or do whatever you want on the Canto blockchain. So <clears throat> I've convinced them to do that over the last couple of weeks. They've been working on it. Uh, they're, they're fixing a couple of little bugs they hit trying to do it. Um, but hopefully that'll be done by the end of the week. I'm hoping uh, they're going to let me uh, announce that shortly. So it'll be very easy to get on uh, Canto. Uh, another thing is Synapse Bridge is also uh, voted in their community to approve using Canto on the bridge to eliminate the extra steps that you have to go through now for that as well. So Sean said, I got shadow banned on Twitter for donating to a documentary. Free world, it would seem. My 14 followers must be gutted. <laughs> <laughs> listen people right now let me just tell you something if you're not following sean on twitter i'm gonna put his handle in the show notes uh if you're not following sean on twitter you know just get off twitter delete your account you should be following sean on twitter yeah he's definitely someone to follow i follow definitely. you i thought you had i can't he must be joking about i think he's being followers. sarcastic yeah yeah exactly because i've seen a member more than 14 I think we talked about this last week, Near Protocol's U.S. stablecoin shutdown. Um, but I thought they put up $40 million to save it. I haven't heard anything uh, new about this. So I, I'll do some research. I'm not sure why I had this link still in here. But, um, you know, I, saw, I was looking at Near again over the weekend. And they're just staring on that $2.5 billion market cap. And then, of course, the one above it on my watch list is Solana at $12.5 billion. And then AVAX at $6.5 billion. I'm kind of like... You know, I don't see it for any of those. Honestly, yeah. I mean, they're not my picks. So I'm just—I I think those are excessive. Yeah. Um, you know, in my opinion, I—that's I, why I like the smaller, newer plays, like the Cantos. Yeah. You know, like the, even I still like FTM, <clears throat> but you know, it's it's zk Sync. I heard Aves coming on zk Sync like this. Yeah, week. I saw that. Okay, so you know, everybody start messing. They're around voting on it now. Yeah, if you're messing around on Canto, you should be messing around on ZK Sync. If you mess around on Aptos, you should be in ZK Sync. If you're messing around with Shardium, you should be messing around on ZK Sync too. Yep. Um, it, it looks intriguing. So yeah. Um, you know, lots of opportunities. But I just think you know Solana. You know, I know you're a big fan of Solana, so I don't want to beat them up too hard for you. I saw you hanging out down there at Solana Spaces. You know, out front. You know, doing a little yeah, streaming a big, or whatever. Big, I love rebooting my blockchain. <laughs> I saw the lights go on and off a few times. In <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it's just I like the new stuff right now. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, my buddies at VFAT, um, I've interviewed twice about their other protocol, but they launched a portfolio manager. So I got all excited because, you know, VFAT has like this command line interface, which I love. I love the the normal. Uh, here, let me show you. See, just a reminder. Um, but they have this, you know, command line style interface. Oh, no, they've changed it. Wait a minute. Is this 
Is this the real this, deep VFAT? That's hey, hold the, on. I'm just going to just give me a second. I'm getting off the beach and heading into the bar. I'll be right back. There you go. You're fucking hilarious. Oh, tools. So this is their original project, right? Which tracks all kinds of yields, but it's actually, um, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed. So I know I'm not a regular user of it. Like, um, it's difficult, like you can't search here, et cetera. But what I love is that it's a very command line interface. Um, you interact it with prompts, et cetera. So VFAT, this is that little trash wallet I use for demos, but VFAT launched this portfolio manager, which lets you track your coins. But I was hoping it was going to be like the command line interface style. And it is not, it's a kind of standard portfolio style thing, but Anyway, it is what it is. It's just, I, I would have liked to have seen it be uh, um, be uh, a little more command line interface like their old thing. But I'm going to take a deeper look at this. I just found it before the show started. Um, this says, uh, this article on uh, Coindesk said that Ether's breaking out on bullish supply demand picture. So trying to blame the price increase on... Um, on the supply re reductions. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not sure we can go there yet. Hey, is oh. anybody going to, just out of curiosity, sorry to jump in, Brad, yeah. but anybody going to be out in San Francisco of our listeners for um, Blockchain Week? It looks like November 3rd. I'm just. Why are you Greg, going to be? Well, I'm, no, I'm not. But Greg of Shardium. Um, oh. He just sent a note to us. If anyone on our team is in San Francisco this week, come meet up. And he gave us an, an invite to a modernist members club. Aha. Uh -huh. like, drinks and chat. So if anybody's going to be in San Francisco this week, um, you know, DM me on Twitter, Pathfinder305, and I'll, I'll forward this to you. Niblet said ASCII tables are underrated. Totally agree, dude. Totally agree. Uh, another miner is about to go under. Argo blockchain um, is at risk of closing if it fails further financing. Uh, they're listed on the London Stock Exchange. Um, trying to get new financing opportunities has been seeking to raise $24 million or $27 million uh, via subscription for ordinary shares. No longer believes this subscription will be uh, consummated. So You know what's uh, funny? Because it's called Argo. We're talking about the Argo movie. It's going to be hard going into like pitching meetings because everybody's going to want to tell you a joke. Ah, be like, oh, is this real or is this... That's true. That's true. It's not a... I don't know. It might have been a, you know... It's a subtle mistake to make because yeah. all the PC and money guys are going to be hazing the shit out of you when you walk into that. <laughs> they've been selling off their mining equipment and selling off the Bitcoin that they've mined, uh, primarily because they have a big debt to Novogratz's uh, Galaxy Digital. So, yeah, well, everybody was everybody. Everybody that, thought so. the bull was going to last forever, didn't they? Yeah, but I don't. Well. I mean, you got to pay your bills, so you got to do what you got to do. That's but, right. you know, right when we get to this point, when we hear stuff like everybody thought it was, you know, the way we're feeling now, it's like if, if it took what I would call at this point, the capitulation move down. Where's my hands? Down. <laughs> um, you know, it's going to force liquidations. It's going to force people, you know, out of the game. It's going to force people to just say, fuck it, throw their hands up and just liquidate, you know. That kind of stuff has to happen to me, you know, blood in the streets kind of thing yeah. before it really makes a hard move back the other direction. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just waiting on that. And unfortunately, I don't feel it. I mean, I guess fortunately or unfortunately, 
I don't really feel it. Um, a big capitulation move anywhere right now, other than maybe real estate next year. Right. So, but I want it to happen because I want that V, that deep yeah. V. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, I think more of this cool. is coming. All right, Joe, let's wrap it up, buddy. All right, man. Niblets, uh, Sean, Amen, Shizzy, and James. Thank you so much for participating today. We love having you here. Thank you, everybody that's been listening or watching. Um, we appreciate you being here. If you like what we're doing, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It does a lot to help us boost, so we would really appreciate you doing that for us. Also, if you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and click the little bell so you get notified. And don't forget to please give this video a thumbs up. It also helps boost us with the YouTube algo, we think. Joe's done an in-depth technical analysis of that, and he's going to let you all know how that came out. But um, Go up. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everybody. We love and appreciate you. Thanks for being here, Joe. Thank you for being here. Happy Halloween. I hope everyone has a safe and happy time. Uh, don't eat all your candy at once. And, uh, you know, according to the Trumpers, the fentanyl's out there, so... You know, be careful. All those. I think it was the evil immigrants who were going to send fentanyl out on Halloween or something. I don't I don't know. The now it's the Chinese, man. Come on. It's the Chinese. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Must be that. The now Chinese it's like are shipping the fentanyl to the illegal immigrants and then putting them in houses so that people will go to the door and trick or treat. And then the children will be addicted. No, no, to no. Fentanyl. They're sending it to the illegal immigrants in Mexico and then they're sneaking across the border. Oh, and then they come across, but they have yeah. to give them a house so they can give out the candy. Right. And so that's, that? uh, that's a Chinese private equity fund. That owns that's it. Account. That's it. They're buying a, and they're going to, it's going to get even worse next year because of all the real estate that's going to be on the market. I exactly. love how you tied that in. Nice, nice connector. Yeah, no, of nice. course we're, we're joking here, everyone. Yeah. And have a great day, Joe. You too, buddy. Have fun tonight and uh, everybody be safe. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care.